Life's Learning Curve, Episode 50. <laughs> Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Life's Learning Curve. I'm former educator Paul Hart and media producer guy. Your host, what is Life's Learning Curve? We obviously cannot be perfect or even come close, but we are on a continual mission in life to make our lives better, step by step. And we do that by sharing stories as we try to fulfill our mission to become, you know, a, a, a better person, a better version of ourselves, I guess. The best we can be. Writer's block. Writer's block. Well, if you've ever been afflicted with what some people call writer's block, you'll know it can be quite frustrating, very serious. It can impede your ability to create and write for days, weeks, or even months. Actually, this has gone on for generations and generations of people. Somebody finally just named it this after you know a certain period of time, I think probably within the last 30 years. And while it's really tempting just to ignore a problem, a creative the ability to output and you just hope that it goes away. Writer's block is one of those pests that requires immediate extermination. Get rid of. Now, one of my very favorite quotes on writer's block is from a guy named Terry Pratchett who said, There's no such thing as writer's block. It was invented by people in California who just couldn't write. <laughs> Okay, so true. I, I, it's not a good day for writing would be another way to put it. Have you ever suddenly lost your motivation or your ability to continue to work on a project that you're writing or creating? You were passionate about that project you were working on just yesterday, but today, nothing. On today's episode, I want to share with you three times things came to a grinding halt right here on Life's Learning Curve because of the dreaded creative block or writer's block as people call it and what I did about it. So let's get going. Sebastian. Life's Learning Curve. I'm Paul Hart. Episode Writer's Block. Stand by. The Tree of Life produces a massive basket full of juicy, ripe, delicious ideas and concepts abundantly every day. Many per day, but there have been times I have been blocked and it always, always is frustrates me and it interests me at the same time why it's happening. Infrequently, yes, ideas cease, they stop. Nothing is there, nothing. Vast emptiness. There's a reason always, but it is buried sometimes so deep in my own subconscious that I am totally unaware. Now, it's not important for me to determine the reason why I'm blocked, but more importantly, the challenge is how to get out of the creative stoppage, move beyond it. John Rogers was quoted as saying, You can't think yourself out of a writing block. You have to write yourself out of a thinking block. Quickly, I wanted to share with you my process. Well, the one that works for me. It doesn't mean it works for anybody else, but for me, this goes. I do not script these episodes, but rather I outline notes in sequence, the stories which are told for an intended purpose, an intended audience, I guess. For example, one of the most recent episodes called The Perfect Bite. Our theme was one person can make a big difference. I retold stories of how my grandma, 
was the support system which made her entire family succeed, as many moms do, and she was exceptional. She quietly held everything together. Her husband, sons, daughters, grandchildren. I selected six stories to bridge that episode together, to make the theme, to create the, the concept that would hopefully make some sense. So without my grandma's foundation, this family would have probably never synthesized into what it became. Clip from The Perfect Bite. I hear a horse galloping up the road long before I can see her and her rider. It is nearly dusk and not the time of day when a visitor normally calls. I am familiar with the horse and her rider. It's Harold. What is he doing here? My father goes out to greet him and brings him in the house. Harold has a package for me. A big package. The most absolutely perfectly beautiful blue hyacinth plant in full bloom. Harold explains that after working on the road, he went into town, DeKalb, to get supplies for tomorrow and passed a florist shop. He said the hyacinth in the window reminded him of the blue of my eyes. This made me blush a bit. He clearly wrapped it carefully placed it gently in his saddlebag, and came to me directly. He knows how much I love flowers and how I am so ready for spring to be here. My heart is his. We marry in May of that same year. Life's ironies and tragedies help make that episode unique and full of humor. If there was no uniqueness in effective content, there would be no story to retell. From where do the podcast ideas come? Most likely for me, it's been a song from the radio or from uh, the computer, you know, from Pandora or something. Spotify prompted me to recall that particular episode. That's where they begin. Most episodes of Life's Learning Curve begin by hearing music. Then the outline and the stories come to me, and they come fast and furious. I literally sit down behind the computer and... I'm typing, I'm like, ah, you know, things are spelled just horribly, but they they come out of me. Usually in less than an hour, and then I wait a day or so for any other effective recollections or added stories that might enrich the concept or theme. I have a field that I frequent to go running and do cardio stuff and work out, but when I do that, it really is never for the exercise. I look forward to going and working out at the field because when I jog or work out, my brain seems to unload all these um, stories stored in the back back section of my brain from a long time ago, from the past. I remember high school, childhood, bad teachers, great teachers, co-workers, clients, and all the drama and all the stories that come back. Uh, The laughter as well that came with these stories. Incidentally, One of my favorite episodes more recently was about an eccentric man who solicited my video services many, many years ago. The guy's name was Hal Showgrab. In Steve Life's Learning Curve episode, Compromised. Even when I listen to it today, it still makes me laugh out loud because it all was true. Clip from Compromised. Are you calling my beautiful wife, Agnes Jean, a liar? 
Every year I produce a new commercial for the restaurant in Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. Called Red Rose Restaurant. <laughs> Fine dining, cultured cuisine, amazing presentation. Hi, I'm Hal Shelgraf. My lovely and beautiful wife and I are out for a night on the town. I'll see you at the Red Rose on Route well, cha-cha-cha. I'm sure you've been there. Guests or no guests. When this podcast began, I sat down and I saw myself only having guests. Having these guests to move the direction of the show forward kind of a back and forth conversation maybe like an interview a radio interview a podcast interview but on the first five podcasts i had some tremendous guests they were great and they came quickly to the show and it it was just uh, very exciting for me to launch with that kind of power i had an author a a mentor a a broadcaster Um, i had a friend come on that was a very talented musician with a burgeoning hit song, which incidentally, it's been about three years since then, and that song has taken off and is doing quite well. A band director and a doctor of physical therapy. Those are my first five episodes. I was pleased with each show because some were distance episodes, meaning we were on Zoom. This is before Zoom, before COVID. So we were on Zoom, just us, you know, before it was stepped up. Uh, My satisfaction in all of this soon gave way to frustration is my list of over 100 possible guests for this podcast decidedly just did not care to go on the show for various reasons. Now, mostly, as it turns out, and uh, I look back on things, I think a lot of them were afraid of the microphone. They shouldn't have been. I tried to reassure them all that I would edit out any flaws, any ahs, any ands or so, or therefore whatever word they use. A lot of people people use like, like I did this and then like, you know what that's like, right? Like, yeah. After all, I would edit this stuff out. And I even gave them final approval over the final cut and the content, which is something I really didn't care to turn over to them. I'd rather have them trust me with a good program. That was my first writer's block of sorts. This podcast was to be guest-driven, featuring stories of how people learned from life's episodic events and people and places. It was only after I ran into a former student out in the street, I was reminded by him of the stories I used to retell in the classroom back in that day to prompt student writings. Yep, I did that that I realized something he reminded me of. There was an endless list of adventures I used to retell about. Quirky relatives, episodic events that nurtured and entertained students into producing their own content. Kind of seeing the irony in their day-to-day lives. The funny things. The things that might have been very serious at a specific time, but as you look back on things, there's some humor in those things. From that chance meeting, I decided I would try a solo episode. Mm, Was it going to work? I decided that if it was no good, I'd throw it out in like so much garbage. It would just be trash and I would try and move ahead some different direction. 
That episode would be called... The one I did solo without a guest, Apple Orchard Summers. It's, it's always important to see who you're talking to, or at least visualize or something. Who would I talk to? Mentally, my audience, most of my life, were my students. From education. And my speaking vernacular would be familiar. I would record a podcast episode as if I were talking to a, a classroom full of eager writers yearning for some inspiration. Okay, that was it. Sold. That's easy for me to do. This was my motivation. And it was like returning to a very comfortable, natural environment again in my life. And I liked it. Clip from Apple Orchard Summers. Now, as a first to second grader, those were in the days where, you know, your mom actually could let you go into the locker room. And she could actually let you change. But I had a great deal of worry about what this would be like, mostly because she talked so much about it. She'd say, you can't go into the locker room and just put your swimsuit on over your clothes. You're going to have to take off your clothes, put them in a locker. What locker, Mom? Put them in a locker, choose one that's empty. How do I know which one's empty? Well, they'll have a lock on it, or if you open a little door of the locker, they'll already be clothes in there. Don't use that one. No, don't use that one. Okay. So the first day we're there, my sister and I jump out of the car, run into the locker room, and I'm supposed to change. There's two guys in there, and they don't have any clothes on because they're changing. Taking a shower, getting the chlorine off, and they were probably older people, like my dad's age. I think this was probably the first time I'd ever seen anybody unclothed before, and it really surprised me. And it just rung inside of me. Something's not right about this. And I got real uncomfortable and I ran back out. I wasn't one of those kinds of kids who would run out and say, Mom, there's naked men in there. I'm not going back in. Because I knew that would be the wrong thing to do. So I just came back out. My mom said, do you want me to take your hand and go in there? And I said, oh, no. Because I didn't want my mom to see what a naked man looked like. Swim lessons. Learned how to swim. Rudy had to pick me up, a somewhat husky kid, as I've been told, and he threw me. I remember being over his head. I remember landing in the water. I remember touching the bottom and looking up underwater, and it seemed like I was really deep and pushed into the surface. I came out of the surface of the water sucking for air, just sucking in for air and trying to survive it all. I did. I did. My observations as a child, California adventures, first grade, my adventures as a video producer, the proactive impact my parents had on me as a child, dealing with negative situations in a Key West documentary with an old college roommate named Steve, more stories from childhood, bullies, the local creek, dreamers of the day stories. I like those. Since then, I've recorded mostly solo, and on occasion, I've hosted more episodes with guests. Now, these guests more recently have been top-notch and great storytellers. Clip from Found Value 2020. So COVID canceled your wedding. How did you deal with that? A lot of drinking. Um, A <laughs> <laughs> lot of drinking. I would have done comfort food. A lot of crying. Yeah. And ultimately, just knowing that we made the right decision, I think, was what kind of eased my mind at the end of the day. Clip from Roswell calling. 
You know, I wonder why. You know, we, I wonder why we <laughs> never see her husband uh, walking around. Oh, you know? Know, he's no longer in Again, the picture. Again, the crime and, reporters coming and, back. And, yeah. there's, and there's all these knives and a little bit of blood on the floor. I have no idea what the envelopes are for. And I'm thinking, has to there's, be. There's a body in this freezer. There's got to be a body in this sure. freezer. Well, just about the time I open the freezer and I look inside, she comes home. And she's coming down the stairs to the basement. No. She's a- Clip from Heavens to Betsy, author Mary McDowell. I, I kept that inside for so many years. And, and so it was real easy to come up with that, that I was able to finally clean my lunch pail out by writing the book. Clip from Southwest Drifter. You call a car that you drive to work every day your... Daily driver. Daily driver. I just have a daily driver. That's all I have. You know, it's, I refer to mine as my car. But for you, you have a daily driver. What else? I got a daily driver, a toy, a toy, a broken toy, a broken, broken, broken. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the Supra. One back there. The, it's an 89 Toyota Supra, and I bought that car, and I met a guy. It was off of Instagram. He messaged me because I put a picture, and he was like, hey, did you buy this car? I saw it on Facebook, blah, blah, and we started, started talking. Started talking. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I do still like guests an awful lot. It's really easy to transition into that guest back and forth thing. But I truly enjoy when one guest brings any kind of unexplained story, something different to the table. So for almost a year, brainstorming episodes came easily. Bam, bam, bam. Long list. I went blank. Nothing. Nothing exciting. Writer's block number two. It was around the second month of 2020 and I had hit a wall. I had nothing, uh, the content to write about. Nothing seemed to, to excite me. It seemed like a day earlier everything was exciting to do. Was I all done? I went almost a month with this creative writer's block. Well, I have to say, unknowingly, I had COVID-19 virus at the time. I didn't know it. Nobody knew what it was yet. It was January of that year. And I just felt lousy. Couldn't taste. Upper respiratory issue thing. But I'm over it now. Beat it. Creatively, I just let it all go. I wasn't interested. But I wasn't interested in anything at that time. Then one night... As I was recovering, my girlfriend Charlie and I re-watched a film I had not seen for almost 20 years. The film was called Peggy Sue Got Married. Not a favorite film or the world's best film, but yet that idea intrigued me. What if you could go back in time and walk into your life as a teenager, just on a typical day? What if you could do that right now? A typical, normal day at home. All the people and all the places and all the things that would be there from day-to-day life, busyness, you know, everybody's doing something, you're not stopping to be all thoughtful and reflectful. So I went to my computer that night and I outlined three more episodes. The first called The Learning Curve of Life, which drew from the podcast title, I needed to go back to the roots, to the basic concept. This was really me coming home to the concept, to the title of the podcast, Life's Learning Curve, episode, The Learning Curve of Life. I had to find the direction for the podcast once again.
it was good to find that new direction. I have to tell you about something though. There's some shows that I outline and I put them out and we add to them and we, we do what we can to make them um, an, a listenable podcast episode. But then there are those shows that are so meaningful to me. I mean, I'm so wrapped up in its content that I honestly can't tell if they're good shows or bad shows because I'm so invested emotionally in them. <laughs> a lot of musicians do that too. They can't tell if they've written a great song or a bad song, but they're passionate about that particular song. Some of these episodes are Key Largo Reboot, Invited Back Home, and Coast to Coast, Analog to Digital, and especially the episode called My Dad's Voice. Clip from My Dad's Voice. Everything you have, everything you've achieved, you are who you are because next to God and country, you've put your family and your children as the most important things in your life. For me, nothing gives me greater peace, joy, contentment, or satisfaction than trying to be the best daddy and dad that I can be. The most passionate episode I think that I've ever recorded where it's just me without a guest happened just recently, days after it happened. I think it was three days after it happened. Follow your heart. It was my daughter's wedding, and it was my take on the day, my responsibilities on the day, and the love of it all. It was as if, well, I had said it before, one of the most important things I'd ever done in my life. I truly felt that, and I kept thinking that to myself. My daughter, I've seen her as a baby when she was born, a child, a teenager, a college kid, and now a career woman, and now marriage. And I was there to help be a part of shaping most of it. After outlining and editing and posting that podcast and later the video, I was spent. I I wasn't producing more content, even though I had backlogs of notes and outlines. Nothing could top that. How could I ever find an episode that would express becoming the best or better version of me. It wasn't that I achieved it, but I had just gone through something. That was it. Oh, I'm still imperfect in a lot of ways. I have plenty of room for personal growth, but this episode held a lifetime. It wasn't a succession of stories or a once this happened. It was a lifetime. A succession of growth, of The best of all things, coming to fruition for my daughter, and I got to be there. So for weeks after the wedding, I thought about it every day, and I fully expected to return to the podcast, but I learned something. It's hard. It's challenging. It's it's difficult to surpass life's summits, reaching what seems like reaching the peaks the pinnacles of life. As time passes, I slowly am beginning to find my life again and also find me. Yes, that's self-indulgent. Yeah, I know. It's it's I'm per, I am imperfect. I just proved it there in that sentence. I know that as well, but it's necessary to continue my quest to stay the course of trying to find the best me that I can be. All my life. It's ongoing throughout life. I have a long way to go, and I've learned that it's okay 
from time to time to write garbage. That happens. As long as you can edit it brilliantly. <laughs> So here we have an episode about trying to find my way back, trying to beat the creative block, the writer's block, and also self-indulgently celebrating some of the past shows and clips. As I always say, what's our take? What's our takeaway? What did we learn? What did I learn? Hmm. Well, I guess I need to be patient, more patient, patient with myself, I guess. I need to stay the course. Embrace what got me here. And well, I guess that writing an episode about a creative block, a writer's block, is much better than not writing at all. <laughs> hey, here's one of my favorite quotes. It came from, I don't know, I, I pulled it off of Facebook. I don't know who it's credited to. But uh, my friend uh, Don Bruns, who's an author, posts this every once in a while. You own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. <laughs> and as for Terry Pratchett's quote, There's no such thing as writer's block. It was invented by people in California who just couldn't write. He might just be right. <laughs> Clip from Your Last Flight Out. Show number one. If you are a writer, you cannot stop writing. I've learned that, and I didn't think that was possible uh, to be that diagnostic, but it is. I can't stop writing. Uh, if you're not a writer, then all that means is you looked at writing as a hobby, as something you wanted to try. You might have been good at it for a while, like a golf game, but it wasn't a talent. It was just an achieved uh, level of something. And then that, and that was the end of it. I have to laugh at people when they say, well, I want to write a book, but it's just for me. And I say, well, then you don't have to write it. If it's only for you, you already know it. Why, why go through the trouble? And that's so true. For Life's Learning Curve. I'll see you next time. I'm Paul Hart. Subscribe to Life's Learning Curve at lifeslearningcurve.org and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. Episode number 50, The Big Five O. Writer's Block of Life's Learning Curve podcast was put together by... Producer Sebastian T. Dodd, Executive Producer Paul Hart, Technical Director Fabiola Azule, Editor Paul Richards, Audio and Sound, as always, by Riley Hart, Production Manager Butch Greger, Studio Equipment Manager Don Compton. Participants in this episode today, Charlie Verlaire, Clay Greger, Sue Hart, Vaughn Braun, Riley Hart, John Straw, Trace McClintock, Mary McDowell. Heidi McClintock, Eric Iverson, Tristan Malakowski, Jack Wise, Joe Palladino, and Robert Bros. Find us on Facebook and listen to us just about everywhere podcasts are heard. Visit our website, lifeslearningcurve.org, and subscribe. Read a blog or shoot us an email. 
This episode has imaginative voice recreations. To protect the privacy of others, some names have been changed, and voices too. Characters conflated. Writer's Block, Episode 50, The Big 5-0 of Life's Learning Curve. Hey, I'm Paul Hart, and we will be back soon with more stories from Life's Learning Curve.